Let me get down to the point. Today, I want to share with you guys three keys to deep transformation. Three things that along with prayer and fasting, because I've already explained to you guys and talked so much about the importance of prayer, and I'm always going to talk about that. Um, and I've talked to you guys so much about the importance of reading the word. And I'm sure that every single church in the world, basically right now, is talking about the importance of fasting. And I could talk about that more if you guys would like me to just write it on the chat. Um, anything you guys would like me to share. But today I want to go a little bit further and, wa- and I want to give you guys three keys that in conjunction with those things will also lead to deep transformation because I have done those things. I have prayed and I have fasted and I have read the word. Obviously, if you do them with the correct heart, there's always going to be transformation. But I have done those things and kind of felt like there was something missing. And that's because I was not being deep enough in my contemplation, deep enough in my search for the Lord. So you guys will see what I mean when I get into these three points. The first thing, three keys for profound and deep transformation this year is number one, profound reflection. So again, you can be reading the word, but if you're not allowing the word to penetrate your heart, you can be fasting all day long. But if you are not profoundly reflecting on your life, on what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you, on what the Holy Spirit wants you to change, what the Holy Spirit wants you to accomplish, what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you, the the sins that he wants to convict you of. The psalmist David used to say, Lord, show me the sins that are hidden from me. Every single one of us is in a process of growth and every single one of us is a complex human being. And we have sins that we don't even know about. And it's only when you profoundly reflect, you need to partner your prayer with reflection. You need to partner your reading of the word with meditation. It's so easy to read the word and say, yes, be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Got it. Perfect. We're going and not sit there and say, wait, where does my mind need to be transformed? What is it that I'm doing that is holding me back? What is it that I have in my life that needs to be changed? Because if you don't reflect on that, then your prayers won't even be as powerful as they could be because you're not praying for the correct things. Reflection, meditation allows the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And I want to be clear that when I say meditation, I'm not talking about new age meditation. The Bible speaks about meditating on the word of God. That's simply sitting Anywhere you are, you don't need to be sitting crisscross applesauce. You don't need to say, oh, you know, it's not a new age thing, but just sitting and thinking about the word of God and saying, wait, how does that apply to me? Am I applying that in my life or have I just been repeating it and repeating it and repeating it and never applying it? There's there's something that one of my favorite preachers, Derek Prince says, he says, knowledge is the acquisition of a fact or the knowledge of truth. It's knowing something that is true, but wisdom is the ability to apply it. So you could know anything. I grew up in church. I knew how to do a fast when I was five years old. I knew that the Holy Spirit was great. I knew that Jesus died again on the cross, but I didn't apply any of that personally to my life until much later because I had knowledge, but I was a baby. So I needed wisdom. And so my challenge for you is that you begin to reflect even on the things that are not sin, but that you need to be doing differently. That's how you're going to see profound change in your life. 
That's how you're going to begin to see things differ. That's how you're going to begin to see your life get better. I gave this example when I was speaking to the Spanish ladies, and it's a silly example, but it's true that every year I do, you know, I do Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have cooking on the brain, but I cook more in the last two months of the year than I do in the all the other 10. So I just like, even January, like I don't even want to cook anymore because I just, I cook a lot. Um, but this year, so I usually make like all the sides for Thanksgiving, but I usually don't make the turkey because I unfortunately decided to not write down any of what my mom used to do on her turkey. My mom made the best turkey ever, but you guys know my mom passed away nine years ago and I never really wrote it down and I wasn't paying that close attention because I thought my mom would always do it. So my turkey skills, not so great. I've attempted before, mm, not the best, right? But this year I literally said, okay, I'm going to watch my mother-in-law and I'm going to see what she does that I'm clearly not doing because mine does not come out as juicy or as good as hers. So as I'm watching her and I'm, I'm reflecting right on the way that I do things. And I'm like, Oh, that's the time she takes that out. Oh no. Yeah. So next time I got to take this out a lot sooner. Oh wait, that's how far ahead in advance she puts the, the, you know, the seasoning on it. Oh, okay. That's what I was doing it the same day. Like there were things that I was doing completely wrong and I didn't realize until I reflected. And that's what, that's simple. It's a simple thing that, that I'm asking you to do. Sometimes people make it this big thing, but it's simply sitting down and saying, wait, what if I don't do the same thing I did last year? It's okay. It's not a sin, but it's clearly not the best way. So in conjunction with your prayer and you're reading the word and you're fasting, begin to ask God to reveal things that need to change in your life just to be better. It doesn't even matter if it's sin or if it's not sin. If it's holding you back, you don't need it. You don't want it. Ask God, Lord, am I, do I have the complete wrong attitude about my work? Do I have the complete wrong attitude about my family? Have I been holding on tighter on something when what I need to be doing is letting it go? Have I been praying for a promotion in this job when what you want to do is lead me to a whole other career? Lord, I need to reflect. Are the issues that I'm having, are they really due to sin or are they due to pain in my heart? So many of us try to pray away issues. Lord, take this away, take this away, take this away. But if we never confront where they come from, if we never have profound reflection on where they come from, it will never go away. Listen, if you have an anger problem, that anger problem comes from an a deep dissatisfaction with something in your life that is so much deeper than the things you're getting angry at. And none of us want to confront it because confrontation with ourselves and deep reflection hurts and feels crappy. There's no other way to put it. But when you have to sit there and you have to say, maybe I'm going to have to think about the abuse I endured. And maybe I'm going to have to think about how that's affecting my interaction with my children today. Maybe I'm going to have to think about the fact that I don't have the best marriage, not because of my husband, but because I am not able to be intimate emotionally with anybody because of the way I feel about my father. Guys, that deep reflection has to happen. If you want to see change this year, you need deep reflection and you can do it in therapy. If you want, I recommend it. You can, but it doesn't, you don't even necessarily need therapy. You can sit down. Well, not everybody does. Some people do. I won't make that generalization. Some people do need therapy. But if that's not the step you want to take right now, sit down in your room 
in silence, when you're taking this time to pray, when you're following this guide, when you're praying about repentance, when you're praying about healing, when you're praying about freedom from sin, don't just let a spew of words come out of your mouth and then leave. I, I, if you go to my church, then you hear me all the time talk about pray and run. So many of us are pray and run Christians. We walk into a room, we tell God what we want, and then we leave and we never take a minute of silence. A minute, two minutes, three minutes of silence to let the Holy Spirit say, no, 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 that's what you're doing. I've given the example so many times of times that I've gone into my prayer, you know, my, my space of prayer and said, Lord, change my husband. He's not being nice. He's not being good. He's not, you know, I have all these complaints about my husband. And before I leave, what the Holy Spirit says is, yeah, you are not being nice. You are being prideful. You need to change this. And he begins to tell me. He begins to, as I reflect, he begins to tell me, you know why you feel that way? Because when you were younger, you felt like you weren't hurt. Because when you were younger, you felt ignored. And now you're feeling ignored by your husband, but it's not your husband. It is a projection of how you feel about yourself. And so many times I come out and what I have to do instead of pressing into that fight is I have to repent to my husband. But that's where deep transformation comes from because guess what? Next time I don't have the same fight with my husband and reflection is necessary for you to break the cycles that you've had over and over and over. Why are so many Christians living the same life like on a loop, like literally in the matrix over and over and over because they never reflect. They never think. They Sometimes we think that prayer is a replacement for thinking, but no, God gave you a brain so that you can think he gave you a brain. The reason why the Bible does not have, the Bible has all the answers, but if you look, the Bible doesn't have all the specifics. There are many things that the Bible leaves to your interpretation. Do you know why? Because God wants you to use your brain. He wants you to listen to the Holy Spirit for yourself. He doesn't want you to be able to look up, plus the Bible, I don't know how big that thing would be. He doesn't want you to be like, do I break up with my boyfriend or not? You imagine if the Bible is so specific that you could look and it literally had five, you know, five reasons to break up with your boyfriend. Or if it was even more specific, and it's like, Vanessa, in the year 2023, this is the decision that you're going to need to make. Yeah, that would be great. But God gave you a brain so you could use it. He gave you a brain so that you can ask him what to do and he can communicate with your spirit and then you can reflect and you can become a whole person by using your spirit, your emotions and your brain all in conjunction. That's how we grow as people. That is what it means to become spiritually mature. That is what that means. So there has to be deep reflection. Accompany everything you're doing in this year with deep reflection. Make sure that you are not simply, you know, fulfilling, fulfilling the, the requirements, quote unquote. You know, that's why a lot of people ask me like, but wait, how is it fast? Do I, am I allowed to drink water? Am I allowed to chew gum? Am I allowed to do this? Am I, don't think so much about what you're allowed or not allowed to do. Think about what you want this fast to do in you. And when you think about what you want this fast to do in you, then you'll be able to know how to do it. And obviously questions are not bad. You can always ask questions, but that sometimes we have the questions a little bit, a little bit mixed up. So the first is profound reflection. The second is profound solutions, deep solutions. If you want to see deep transformation in your life, then once you have reflected on your life and you've identified what needs to change and you've identified things in your life that are holding you back, then come up with solutions that are deep. Stop putting band-aids on things. So many of us began last year, we began 2022 with band-aids and 
we are we finished 2022 with the same problem we had all year because we didn't take the extra step my mom used to say my mom always used to say los vagos trabajan doble lazy people work double and she used to say that to me because i've always been that kind of person that wants to get things done quickly so if she would send me to do something i would do it the quickest way but usually that way as we know would either fall apart or break or it was not a good decision because i didn't put a lot of thought into it because i was trying to get out of it and I would end up having to redo it 45 times. And my mom used to tell me that all the time. Los vagos trabajan doble. Lazy people work double. And I'll tell you the same thing. If you are looking for superficial answers or answers that you can be done with by the end of this 21 day fast. I've heard so many people say, well, God is going to give me my answer by the end of the 21 day fast. He might give you the answer in your heart. Like you might know the answer, but you don't know God's timeline. You don't know if whatever you want is going to be done by 21 days. I don't say this to discourage you. I just say this because maybe what you need is a more profound solution than what can happen in three weeks. Three weeks is an excellent catalyst. Three weeks is an excellent beginning. Three weeks is a great place to start. But sometimes you need something more profound. I'll give you guys another example. It's silly, but it works. For probably all of last year, my kids' shoes were all over the place. I have them in their closet, but I have small kids. You know, they would go in and to get one pair of shoes, they have to mess up all the shoes. And for an entire year, I, I, I'm almost embarrassed telling you guys this, but for an entire year, I would just pick up the shoes and put them back in their place. And two days later, all oh, the shoes are a mess again. Let me pick up the shoes and put them back in their place. And every couple of months, I'll be like, all right, so we're going to clean out the shoes, throw away all the shoes that that you know, don't fit them and put them back in their place until finally at the end of last year, when I was home these couple of weeks that my office was closed, I was like, wait a second, I need to buy a zapatera. I need to buy a, a, a system for these shoes so that they don't get messed up, like how they're getting messed up. I need a profound solution. As long as I leave them there the way they are in the closet, then I can keep lining them out up until the day, as, as long as the day is long. But it's not going to be a solution. They are going to continue getting messed up. And there are many things that need to happen in your life where you need to find a profound solution. If you keep on getting back with your ex and you know you're not supposed to, the profound solution is block that person. If you keep on falling in with the wrong crowd, the profound solution is refuse to go out with them. Begin to do things in your life that block you going back begin to make it more difficult for you to go back by actually thinking through what can be done differently. Third and the last. So the first is profound reflection. We need to be looking at what's going on in our lives and asking the Holy Spirit, what do I need to be aware of so that I can change it? The second is we need to be finding profound solutions and strategies. That's something you can ask the Lord for too. As you're, sit as you're sitting there, this is why in the guide that I gave you guys, there's questions at the end of every, at the end of every day, because I would hate for you guys to sit there in a room and say, okay, Lord, I pray for repentance. I repent, I repent for everything I've done, blah, blah, blah. And never sit there and say, wait, what exactly am I repenting for? And how many times have I repented for this exact same thing? And what do I need to do to make it different? God is going to forgive you as many times as you need to be forgiven. But when are you going to get tired of falling in the same cracks? You need 
a profound solution. You need a strategy. You need a system. If your issue is that you're spending too much money, I can tell you right now that you writing down on a piece of paper, spend less money is not going to work because the temptation is going to come for you to buy something and you are going to rationalize it in your brain. If you want to spend less money, you need a budget app. You need a budget. You need someone holding you accountable. And if you have a husband, I'm sure he would love to hold you accountable because that's what holds me accountable. Um, you need things in place to make sure that things happen. Lastly and finally, before we close with prayer, you need profound dependence on God. You're profoundly reflecting. You're confronting yourself. You're asking God for strategies. You're coming up with systems. And then the last and most important part is realizing that none of your reflection None of your systems, none of your praying, none of your reading the Bible is really what's doing the work in your life. All of those are seeds. As I've read many times before, because you guys know it's one of my favorite verses. The, the word of God says, Paul says, I place the seed, someone waters it, and God gives the growth. The most important thing you can get out of your 21 days of prayer and fasting is profound dependence on God not allowing it to make you feel like you're more important, not allowing it to make you feel like you're bigger or better, allowing it to humble you and remind you that we can do nothing separated from God. We can do nothing separated from him. I've seen so many people allow, and it's sad because sometimes, and, and you know what, I'm gonna say it's even maybe happened to me where we allow by our 10th day of fasting, we feel like we're so much more powerful. We feel like we, oh, I can conquer the world because look what I'm doing. And what we don't realize is that we're being filled with pride. And that's the opposite of what a fast is supposed to do. What a fast is supposed to do is remind you that the same way your body shakes and gets headaches and gets hungry because you skipped one meal, that's the same way your spirit gets when you're without God. It's supposed to remind you that God is necessary for every single day, that there is a reason why they call it daily bread, that the word of God is our daily bread. We need him daily. Just like there's no day that you just skip eating or you skip sleep, like, you know, just for fun and you're not affected the next day. You need to remember that you cannot just skip prayer or skip the word and not be affected the next day. You will be affected the next day. And if you spend all of 2022 with just a very haphazard prayer life, not really praying, not really reading the word, that's okay. But make this the year where you realize that that needs to change. Make this the year where you say, that's not good enough for me anymore. Because as I'm reflecting, I'm realizing that I need some serious changes in my emotions. I need to take control of my anger. I need to take control of my anxiety. I need to take control of these things and I'm no longer going to accept this. Like I, something so powerful and profound happens when you just get tired, when you get tired of the way things are, when you get tired enough to say, I am willing to go out of my way to find a change. I am tired of fighting with my husband. I am tired of correcting my kids, even when they don't need correction. I am tired of feeling like I'm not a good mother. I'm tired. So what are you going to do? My question for you is if you're tired, that's fine. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do to change it? You need that prayer. You need that fasting. You need that, that word. But you also need profound reflection, solutions, and dependence on God. It's nothing we can do. It's everything 
he can do. So let's pray to close. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray over every single young woman on this call. I pray that through these 21 days, and even if she's not fasting, Lord, just through her connection with you and her seeking you at a deeper level, I pray, Father, that you would profoundly begin to transform her heart. God, I pray that it would be so much more than just a fast that she can check off her list. I pray that it would be a month where she changed the trajectory of her life. Father God, I believe in you. I believe that you are a miraculous God. You are a wonder-working God. And that's not just in the supernatural, Lord. You work supernaturally even in the natural, even in things as simple as our weight things as simple as our health, things as simple as, you know, just new habits that we want to, that we want to establish. Lord, you want to work in the mundane of our life, in our jobs, in the way we relate to our, our spouses. God, you want to be a part of it all. So I pray God that you would, that we would allow you to be a part of it all. I pray God that we would include you in every moment, in every instance of our life. I pray God that we would allow for true transformation, God, that we would not limit you by being superficial. Sometimes you want to go so much deeper and we don't allow you to because we only spend time with you on a superficial level. We read your word, but we don't allow it to truly seep into our hearts. I pray, Father God, that as these women meditate, as they continue on their day, as they keep going, Lord, that you would continue calling them deeper and deeper and deeper. Your word says in the Psalms, it says deep calls to deep. You are a deep God and you are calling us to deeply love you. You are calling us to be deeply transformed. You are calling us to live deep and purposeful lives. I pray for any woman on this, on, on this call who may feel like her life lacks purpose or direction. I pray that through these days, you would reveal to her a deep, purpose, something that ignites her, something that gets her excited, something that gets her fired up for this year, something that makes her want to jump out of bed every morning. I pray in Jesus' name that this would be the year that we go deeper than ever and that we are profoundly transformed by your love and your grace. It's nothing we can do on our own, God. We need you to do it. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for partnering with us to build our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen.